Welcome to Enterprise Radio, the signature show of the Enterprise Podcast Network, featuring some of the most prominent business professionals in the world today. And now your host, Eric Dye. This is Eric Dye, and once again, welcome to Enterprise Radio, part of EPN, the Enterprise Podcast Network. Today on the program, we're visiting with Mr. Michael McCarthy. He is an experienced travel writer and published author of travel books. As a reporter for the prestigious Pacific Sun in California, he's the only journalist ever to sneak into San Quentin prison and escape to write a cover story about it. Hundreds of his travel stories and op-eds have been published in post-media newspapers across Canada and the U.S. And Mr. McCarthy, thanks for joining us here today. Yeah, wonderful to be here and to share information about uh, this book of mine, Follow the Money, How China Bought the World. Yeah, we're certainly looking forward to hearing from you in those regards. So let's just jump right into this. How did you come to write Follow the Money, and was this due to your travels as a writer? Oh, yes, entirely due to my travels as a travel writer. But backing up a bit, my background is as an investigative reporter for newspapers. And those are the big, long ones you used to read in newspapers when newspapers had enough money to print big, long stories. And along the side, uh, because of my interest in travel, uh, I started writing uh, travel stories. And it it grew from there, and uh, most specifically on a trip from Vancouver to the South Seas, where I stopped off in uh, Los Angeles. Um, I used to live in California for a number of years, and I'm quite familiar with the California Tourism Board. And where the two of us tried to come together and say, what's a new story that you haven't written about California yet? And the idea came up to do something about the new hip downtown. And I said, well, uh, I usually stay out there on the west side of Hollywood or uh, downtown's a dump. And they said, oh, no, 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 no. Things have really changed. You got to come and check it out. And I did. I stuck my nose in and talked to real estate and uh, a number of other officials, and I was amazed to find that, hey, it's just not Vancouver that's been overwhelmed and overrun by Chinese investment. All of downtown LA was undergoing massive changes, and it was entirely Chinese money. And so I started sticking my nose in, and uh, from there, uh, it went on and on, and my many trips around the world, 18 of which are described in the book. Very, very interesting, no doubt about that. And again, the title of this book is Follow the Money. Now, U.S. corporate income has increased several hundred percent since free trade or globalization began with China, while the average North American blue-collar income has decreased 10%. So what do you attribute this to, and how do you see it evidenced in our countries? Well, nowhere in the book do I use the word conspiracy, because if you do, you have to prove it. You have to have names and numbers. But I do say that um, you have to go back in time and try to find out this whole thing about free trade, uh, offshoring, globalization, whatever name you want to call it, had a beginning. And who came up with the idea of taking all these good, well-paying American jobs and shipping them off somewhere where the cost of labor was a lot cheaper. And that's basically one of the two places where the book starts. It's 1971, and uh, Mr. Richard Nixon was uh, in the glue, so to speak, 
and his name uh, needed a, a bit of a image adjustment. And the uh, Secretary of State at the time, Henry Kissinger, decided that uh, maybe it was a good idea to deflect attention from Mr. Nixon and reinvent him as a global statesman. Uh, you may remember <clears throat> that uh, America has been fighting communism since World War II, first in Korea, Vietnam, onward. But uh, Mr. Kissinger made a secret trip, uh, which is now public knowledge, but it wasn't at the time, to go to Pakistan, where Pakistan had relationships with the enemy, uh, America's enemy, China. And uh, Kissinger went over and had a private secret meeting with uh, Chairman Mao, who as later revealed in his writings, you know, had a good laugh at this silly little man from America who came over cowering in his boots and tried to make a, a deal with the communists. And he was apparently laughed out of town. No one knew about this uh, secret attempt on the part of Kissinger uh, to uh, make a trade deal. It finally took the death of Mao in 78 when uh, Jiang Xiaoping became the premier and reluctantly allowed uh, market capitalism to enter China as long as the Communist Party maintained rigid control. So that's a date to remember because by 74, of course, uh, Nixon uh, was uh, resigned uh, out of the White House and discovered to be a crook. But there have been crooks involved in American uh, business for quite some time going back uh, uh, over a century who have been making secret deals with the enemy that an investigative reporter like myself discovered along the path to find out uh, why China has become so rich and powerful, who did it, when, and uh, how he did it. Well, I know you've gotten the attention of the audience, and I certainly appreciate your going back in time and touching on history a bit as well. That's a great touch there. Now, corrupt China Communist Party officials and Chinese business leaders have purchased prime real estate all around the world, including incredible holdings in L.A., Toronto, and New York, using vast amounts of money from Western consumers, always looking for happiness in the discount aisle at Walmart. So how is our shopping dependency helping China in these regards? Well, there's two major themes behind the main theme of Chinese wealth. And uh, one of those themes is addiction. The other main date in the book is 1840s, the uh, British uh, Industrial Revolution, which made the British Empire and uh, the business people in, in Britain so filthy rich at the time. And uh, these days, you take a look at China and millions of people are dying of lung cancer because the country is so polluted you can't see across the street. And the Industrial Revolution, the same thing happened in Britain, but it was water that became so polluted that nobody could drink it. So um, the country at large turned to beer. Even kids as young as five working in the factories were drinking beer. And uh, serious repercussions in the production process of people falling into the machinery and whatnot. The people who owned the factories hired a mercenary spy who went to China because there were rumors of this strange drink called chai. Uh, there's a British expression, I wouldn't do that for all the tea in China, which basically refers to wealth, Chinese tea and be becoming wealth. So uh, the, the British bought so much tea from the Chinese that they went bankrupt. And the Chinese would only accept silver or gold, no trade, no barter. 
so the, the British had to do something. They had this uh, empire built on the British East India Company, which included their colony of India. So they harvested all the opium they could find, took their powerful navy, ran the ships, gunboats down the Chinese rivers, started a war which they easily won, and the Chinese became addicted to opium. And the people behind the opium trade were British and American businessmen, including the founder of Yale University, uh, Eli Yu, uh, made his fortune not only off of uh, selling drugs, but uh, within the slave trade as well. So my publisher's forward to, book, to the book, my book basically says that the Chinese are now getting the revenge in the form of manufacturing and shipping fentanyl, which has killed more people than COVID did. Unreal facts and information right there. Really do appreciate this visit and you're covering this. We're speaking with Mr. Michael McCarthy, an experienced travel writer and published author of travel books. His latest book is Follow the Money and he's joined us here today on Enterprise Radio in association with the Author Channel, a part of EPN, the Enterprise Podcast Network. Now, is America's shopping addiction linked to the country's growing fentanyl dependency? Let's take that further. Well, I wouldn't say they're linked. Uh, well, we could say that because uh, fentanyl is a painkiller uh, and highly uh, addictive, even though the people who manufactured it uh, or the original opioids, uh, you know, decades ago, fentanyl is the latest version of it. It's a chemical, uh, artificial manufactured drug in China. But the other point of the addiction in the story is that today in America and in Canada, uh, the cost of living has escalated to the point where people can't uh, afford to buy a house. Uh, I remember growing up in Canada, we were so envious of the United States, this powerful, progressive, forward-thinking country that was going to put a man in the moon using slide rules and pencils, and they did it. And we were saying, wow, what a country. I mean, uh, we want to follow in, in their footsteps. But uh, in those days, people could afford to buy a home uh, if they had a job. Nowadays, say in Vancouver, two people uh, making $250,000 a year combined, uh, if that's what's required to, to get a, a mortgage these days in Vancouver, along with a substantial down payment. And the cost of living in real estate has escalated all over the planet so that only the rich can afford to buy housing. So where's your American dream gone? Down the toilet. People don't have any aspirations towards a better future of having a home, a family, a job. The jobs all went to China. Uh, the cost of living went through the roof. So what's the replacement? As I say specifically in my book on the chapter about consumerism, people are now looking for happiness in the discount oil aisle of, of Walmart. They're shopping. And shopping is quite easily proven to be an addiction because there's three parts to it. It's anticipation, purchase, and use of the, of, the, of the item that you bought. And it turns out in the long run, it's much like cocaine. It's addictive. You, you do it, it's fun, and you do it again, and then you do it again. Uh, a generation or two ago, people had two pairs of shoes, you know, one for work and one for, for church. The average American family now, everybody there has 30, 40 pairs of shoes. And when you're bored, you, you go shopping. And this is having an enormous effect on the economy because uh, the people who are selling the goods are making all this money. But people on the other end, um, 
are addicted to it and you see it everywhere. And uh, it's simply because there's no American dream anymore. What's the point in bothering to save money? What's the point in, in doing anything? Because you're not going to get anywhere. Isn't that the truth? Some really good information here, facts and information provided by Mr. McCarthy. Again, his latest book is Follow the Money. Before we conclude, one last question for you. What do you recommend North American consumers do after hearing this uh, bit of details here today? Well, that's already happened, I think, uh, with the tension between China and America. Uh, the Chinese invaded Tibet and slaughtered the population starting in 1959, and now they've concentrated all of their ethnic Muslim minority, the Uyghurs, into concentration camps where they're busy making jeans and T-shirts for us, and they're threatening to invade Taiwan, which is the world's uh, technolo technology leader making all those uh, microconductors. So. Uh, starting with Trump and now with Biden, <coughs> pardon me, there have been sanctions placed against China, and they're starting to have a real effect. The Chinese communist government is urging its own people to up their consumerism to make up for the fact that uh, the Western world is no longer buying it. But the next threat, of course, is boycotts. I boycotted Chinese uh, materials for the last 10 years. I look at anything that says made in China, I don't buy it. And now American businessmen are going into Vietnam, Bangladesh, Indonesia, m pulling their factories out and where they can find other countries where they can get uh, their products made at uh, sweat uh, wages so that the you know, corporate elite can now continue to make uh, incomes 1,000% higher than they did back in 1970s. Mr. McCarthy, I'm sure you have a lot of stories to tell. Really do appreciate your visit with us here today. And of course, I'm sure listeners want to know where they can best pick up this book, follow the money and get more information on yourself. Where's the best place to do so? Well, one of those uh, giant uh, corporate uh, elites that's making a lot of money is Amazon. So uh, all the bookstores have died. So I put my books on Amazon. You just need to remember my name, Michael McCarthy, follow the money, how China bought the world. And then you'll stumble across the other 25 other travel books that I've read, and I'm certainly not going to put my email out there. On, but people can, uh, you know, uh, tra track my name and uh, find me out uh, on the web and uh, other places. And uh, hopefully, uh, read this book because uh, people other than myself had said it's one of the most important books in the world today. And people need to find out who sold out uh, America and uh, how uh, they benefited from it. And of course, listeners, you can refer to the show notes to get further information and links accordingly. Mr. McCarthy, all the best. And again, we thank you for joining us here today on Enterprise Radio. It certainly was our pleasure. Thank you very much, Eric. Have a great day. And you as well. Again, we've been speaking with Mr. Michael McCarthy, an experienced travel writer and published author of travel books. Again, his latest book is Follow the Money. And for further details, simply visit the show notes on this broadcast and or visit Amazon.com and simply put in the search Follow the Money and or Mr. Michael McCarthy and you'll be good to go. And this has been Eric Dye and you've been listening to Enterprise Radio, part of EPN the Enterprise Podcast Network. Tune into our live location as we are streaming live 24-7 around the world at epodcastnetwork.com forward slash live. You can also find our live stream on iTunes Radio and TuneIn Radio as well as the TuneIn Radio app for your listening convenience. And as always, we thank you for your support and for tuning in.
Thanks for listening to Enterprise Radio. To subscribe to more of our programming, visit epodcastnetwork.com. This is the ePodcast Network.